Discover what's happening around our province with todayinbc.com. Sign up today to get the latest news right to your inbox and never miss the news that's important to you and your family. From community news in your neighborhood to what's happening in our province, your source for daily news is todayinbc.com. NFL Report with Philip Wolf and Aaron Halluschuk is a Black Press Media podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the NFL Report. I'm Aaron Halluschuk, a journalist with Black Press Media. We are about halfway through the 2022 NFL season, and I'm joined today with Vancouver Island Daily and Parksville Qualicum Beach News editor Philip Wolf to discuss all things NFL. Welcome to the podcast, Philip. Thanks, Aaron. We are heading into week nine of the NFL season, about halfway done through the season, and it has definitely not been a boring season so far. Uh, Let's start with some of the most recent happenings of this week. Uh, We've just passed the NFL trade deadline. Was there anything that kind of caught your attention with all of the trades that were happening? The biggest one for me, I guess, as a Dolphins fan was Miami picking up Bradley Chubb and Jeff Wilson. I think that's a nice set of additions as they look for playoff run here. Otherwise, it seemed fairly pedestrian. How about you? Yeah, likewise. Nothing too explosive that really was quite shocking. Wasn't completely surprised. I know for a lot of Canadian fans, Chase Claypool caught the headlines yesterday going to Chicago, which to me wasn't a huge thing because I didn't think that maybe he was getting enough playing time with the Steelers. I don't know. I always felt like there was maybe something going on between him and the coach, Mike Tomlin there. Don't know if he's going from one mediocre team to another, but other than that, nothing too surprising. What did you think of Chase Claypool going over to the Bears? He's definitely going from one mediocre team to another. For me, it's one of those standard good-for-both-teams trades. I think Claypool, with the emergence of George Pickens, was getting a little bit less playing time, and I think he'll get more of that in Chicago. Who knows if he'll get the ball or not, but the Steelers have to rebuild, and it's a good way to pick up a decent draft pick, so I thought it was a good trade for both teams. For sure, absolutely. And so let's take a little bit of a look about the rest of the league what's been going on, some of the winners, some of the losers, and then Russell Wilson, who I know has been a topic of our conversation for the past couple of weeks as well. So let's start with some of the surprise teams. Who has really caught your attention these past few weeks? For all the right reasons, it has to be the Seahawks. I thought they'd be a 6-11 and team without Russell Wilson. So far, they've been much better than that. I think it reflects really well on Pete Carroll and Geno Smith. Yeah, definitely. What do you think about the Eagles, Giants, and even another New York team with the Jets? Any of those ones catch you by surprise? The Jets are surprising. Mm -hmm. So are the Giants. I don't know if the Giants will be able to sustain that, but the Jets are in a mediocre division, so they have a chance to, I don't know, they're certainly not going to win the division, but they have a chance to maintain their standing now. I do think the Giants will take a a little bit of a back step. Definitely. And so let's flip sides now and look at the teams that maybe have caught your attention for all of the wrong reasons. Any big surprises in teams that maybe you thought were going to be really good or really strong this year and have completely gone the opposite direction? They haven't completely folded, but the biggest surprise for me is the LA Rams. I thought they would be much, much better. Clearly coming off a Super Bowl hangover, maybe a little satisfied 
they just don't look the same. And Tampa Bay and Green Bay, anytime you have Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, you assume that your team is going to have a chance, but I think both have underachieved so far as well. Bobby Wagner going to the Rams, any regrets there whatsoever? I think he might have some regrets, but (laughs) he collects his big check Mm -hmm. and lives in L.A. close to home, and he already has a Super Bowl ring, so I don't think he's really that sour. One of my favorite topics of discussion, and I will fully be transparent and say I quite enjoy the struggles of Aaron Rodgers this year, going from back-to-back MVPs to basically showing his complete frustration in and off the field. What do you think is going on in Green Bay? It seems odd that they keep bringing him back and paying him ridiculous amounts of money, and they never, ever give him weapons. Yeah. They've just kept stripping it away and stripping it away, and he's essentially right now playing with practice squad receivers. They just expect him to pull it out. There's just this passive-aggressive relationship that Mm -hmm. he has with the team almost is to the point where I think it would be better for both to move on if that's even halfway possible. Do you think with the Devontae Adams trade before the season started, was that kind of the icing on the cake for him? Do you think he had mentally packed it in at that point when that trade went through? Or do you think he was in a position where he thought maybe give it one more year and see what happens? He's still really good. I just think that he just doesn't have the weapons. And if you don't have the weapons, you can't succeed. You look at uh, Tua Tonga-Vailoa in Miami, all of a sudden he's got Tyreek Hill alongside Jalen Waddell, and he's playing fantastic. Whereas when he had Isaiah Ford and a bunch of practice squatters, he was terrible. As for Aaron Rodgers, if you take away all his weapons, he's not going to be very good. It's absolutely curious what they're doing in Green Bay. So you're fine with him calling out his receivers in post-game press conferences and basically throwing some of his teammates under the bus? Do you think that's a fair approach for him to take? That's just who he is. Yeah. That, that's who he's always been. I don't know that, yeah. that it's any surprise. Maybe dressing them down publicly after the games isn't exactly the wisest thing to do, but that's just who he is. Yeah, definitely. It's not the uh, the Russell Wilson strategy for sure, which we will chat about very <laughs> shortly. But speaking of his former team, let's talk a little bit about the Seahawks, particularly Geno Smith, the rookie class and the defense, which I think in all three facets have completely, like you mentioned, caught a lot of people off guard. People were writing them off before the season even started, and nobody thought they would be where they are. Let's start with the rookie class here. I know Pete Carroll and GM John Snyder, they've definitely found gems in the past in draft classes for sure. But I think to have this much consistency in these many, I don't want to say stars quite yet because it's only halfway through, but these many really good rookies so far has been really surprising. Anything really caught your eye? I think the easiest way to rebuild is through having quality, cheap, young players. And I also think that Schneider and Carroll have had a lot of misses in the last few years, and that contributed to them being top-heavy with Russell Wilson. But this class is just fantastic. You have bookends at offensive tackle. You've got Charles Cross and Abe Lucas on either side, both playing fantastic. Kenneth Walker has stepped right in in the absence of Rashad Penny. And Tariq Woolen in the back in the secondary has just been fantastic. So you're bringing in four or five very quality, cheap young players. If you can do that every year, your turnaround is going to be really quick. So 100% hats off to them for doing a great job with this draft. 
I always say, especially you're right with the two starting tackles, you know, you haven't heard their name mentioned very much this year, which is a good thing for two rookie tackles. They've been really impressive. And absolutely, I think there's definitely some rookie of the year potential talk around some of these rookies. I was very impressed. I know there's even some comparisons and again, very early, but between Woolen and Richard Sherman, I know the two of them have spoken and it's uh, it's been quite the thing to see. If the Seahawks didn't have the record that they have right now at five and three, do you think Pete Carroll's job would currently be on the line? No, I think he's got enough cash in the bank, so to speak, mm-hmm. to last as long as he wants to coach, especially with the ownership. They seem to like him and this doing it without Russell Wilson, I think just cements Carroll's reputation, really. I often wonder what Russell Wilson is thinking as they draft bookend tackles after 10 years of him running behind garbage men and guys off the street. But no, I think Pete Carroll deserves a lot of credit. And I think a lot of people who were quietly lying in the weeds, resenting Russell Wilson, are now popping out everywhere and gleefully enjoying the Seahawks' performance. And I will fully admit, I was one of the ones over the summer between Drew Locke and Geno Smith going, I honestly don't want either. Maybe can we go after Jimmy Garoppolo or somebody else at that point? And I will fully admit, I certainly didn't give Geno Smith enough credit for the few games that I had seen him play. And I just didn't think he had the ability to finish games, to be quite honest. And what he has put together so far has been completely impressive and really I give him full credit of being not only a physical quarterback, not a game manager, but also a really, really smart quarterback. And I know we've talked about that before. What are some of your impressions on Geno Smith? I think he's done a fantastic job, but I also think I would still be looking to draft a quarterback next year. When there's not a sustained level of success, you look around the league and there's guys like Jacoby Brissett and Jimmy Garoppolo's maybe a step up, but there are longtime career backups, Ryan Fitzpatrick for one, who has streaks where he's really good, but then he hasn't shown that consistency year over year. So I think you ride the Geno wave right now. I'm interested to see what they'll do in terms of an extension for him, but I still think you need very quickly with this young core that's coming up to draft and or bring in a young quarterback to work with him. I Love what Gino's done so far. Not sold on him yet. Yeah, I was wondering if you were, because I think right now you're right. I think he's on his one-year like minimum salary deal for a quarterback, which isn't much. So I think if they have the ability to keep him around, even at a higher contract, I think it's definitely worthwhile. You're right. I think people are definitely going to extremes with him. And a lot of people are like me that completely wrote him off and are very much surprised by what he's doing. I guess you're right. There is an element of when is the shoe on Geno Smith going to drop? And by the sounds of it, it might be sooner rather than later. But I guess only time will tell. For sure. Maybe he maintains this level of play. It's just Mm -hmm. I've just seen it for years and years. And situation matters a ton for a quarterback. He's Mm -hmm. in a spot where he's got an excellent running game. His, His offensive line is improved. He's got some tremendous weapons with outside with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. It's a good situation for a quarterback, and it's also an offense where the quarterback isn't asked to carry anybody Mm -hmm. unless you're trailing by 10 like they often were with Russell Wilson. But I still say he's a very good quarterback. A team won a Super Bowl with lesser quarterbacks. You build a team around them. But I would still, I think they should extend him, but I also think that they should consider 
bringing in the quarterback of the future sooner rather than later. For sure. And now that they have a quite a few draft picks, and especially in the first round for next year's draft, thanks to Denver, I think that's <laughs> definitely a possibility. I know at least this coming draft is looking a little bit more promising for quarterbacks than last year's, so that's a good thing. Just before we transition to Russell Wilson, one interesting little tidbit that came out, I'm sure a few people heard about it in the last Seahawks game, was that Pete Carroll tied Bud Grant for the 18th all-time winningest coach in the NFL with 168 wins. That was really neat because I brought me back a little bit to the old CFL days, remembering when Bud Grant, I wasn't around, but I had heard many stories about Bud Grant, not only being a amazing receiver for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, but also a coach and brought them four Grey Cup titles as a coach of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the CFL. That was a neat little Pete Carroll NFL-CFL connection the other day. So thought I'd just bring that out there. Let's transition over to one of our favorite topics of discussion lately, which is Russell Wilson. The one-time fan favorite of the Pacific Northwest is now probably the face of all NFL memes going on lately. (laughs) What are your thoughts of what is happening in Denver, what he's doing right and what he is doing wrong, and his coach, Nathaniel Hackett? I think the biggest problem right now is Nathaniel Hackett. His game management has been bad so far, but he's a rookie, yeah. so he, you never know how that's going to turn out. I do think Russell, for now, should stay off Twitter and social media because he's taking a beating. But I also do think that the relentless positivity that he constantly yeah. puts out is what has always made him so good. It doesn't matter how bad things get. He's relentlessly positive, and I think when you're team is really struggling and you're still out there being relentlessly positive. I I always think people are always looking for a way to make fun of Russell Wilson because Mm -hmm. he's got this seemingly perfect life. He's an NFL quarterback, a Super Bowl champion, but just the way that he is for some reason tends to rub NFL hardliners the wrong way. And I think they're just taking a lot of delight in his struggles, but I think he'll turn it around. I think you're going to a new situation. You've got a bunch of new receivers to get used to, and I don't think they've been very good at all. The play calling has been terrible. He just seems a little tentative. He doesn't seem like the very aggressive Russell Wilson. So that makes his relentless positivity seem almost Mm -hmm. fake. And I think that's what people jump upon is that type of behavior that he shows. But I think he should eventually be all right. You're right. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. Is There seems to be just a little lack of something, that Russell magic that we're used to seeing, and whether it's He's not being coached properly, whether he is injured. He was injured earlier this year and had a couple of injuries, and he's just not really owning up to it. He said he had Wolverine blood, whatever that means, whether that's not really kicking in or not. But do you think there's a part, I know last week during a press conference in Seattle, Tyler Lockett commented and media and people jumped on this comment when Tyler Lockett says that it's amazing what we can accomplish when no one gets credit. Do you think that was a little bit of a jab at Russ in terms of his ego that was just growing and growing in Seattle and that it was all about him? Or do you think that comment was taken out of context? I don't think it was necessarily a jab at Russell. Any NFL quarterback always gets way too much credit or way too much blame. That's just how it works. It's like a goalie in the NHL. If the team does all the work and the goalie gets all the credit. That's just how it works. So mm-hmm. I think that more and more recently it was Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks, and that can rub people the wrong way. But I don't think Tyler Lockett was going out of his way 
to diss Russell Wilson. I just think he was just meaning that they're a more cohesive team. And it's more the media that piles the credit on all the quarterbacks. That's just the quarterbacks are the one that gets the clicks and the attention and everything. It may have been a jab at Russell Wilson. They were friends, so I don't know necessarily that it was that. I think it was more than just we're having success because we're playing as a team. And that really goes along with the message that Pete Carroll sends out, I think, more than it does anything Russell Wilson. How about you? Definitely, yeah. And you're right. I think there's a reason why quarterbacks get paid for the way in which they do because everything is always their fault, whether it's a good or a bad thing. And I think... Russ knew what he was getting into leaving Seattle. It was one of the largest sports shakeups in the last, at least last 15 years in the city. And he knew that it wasn't going to be all rainbows and poppies going to Denver. So I think there is something to be said that he knew what he was getting into. And it's really interesting to see the way that Seattle is shaping up and their statement went against Denver to kick off the season, I think was really an interesting, put things into perspective in a really interesting way. And there's this added animosity now watching him fail for lack of a better way of putting it. And so I'm curious to see, but I think you're right. I think it's just going to take some time for both Seattle and for Russell Wilson to kind of find their footing. And I love that people want to jump to conclusions right away, but like you said, it's the NFL and storylines come out in every sort of direction. So I think time will tell. Speaking of kind of jumping to maybe quick conclusions, transitioning now, looking at some of the MVP possibilities for this year, Anybody on your radar that you're looking at with another eight or nine games to go? Anybody really catching your attention? Same as the usual suspects. You got Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, I think, are far and away the leaders. But I'll toss an interesting third name in there, and that's Tua. I was wondering if you might go there. Yeah, absolutely. The, the Dolphins are 5-0 and in games that he's finished, and they've lost all the games that he hasn't finished. So yeah. in terms of being valuable... There's that. I I still, I cringe every single time he's on the field because I worry about him getting hit. I would still say that the favorite right now is Josh Allen. Is there anybody else out there that maybe should be on that list? I was wondering, what do you think about Jalen Hurts? Do you think with Philly's record right now, is that a possibility? A hundred percent. If they continue to win, Mm -hmm. it's always all about winning. But he isn't quite in the stratosphere as the Josh Allen and Patrick yes. Mahomes in terms of the name recognition. But I think if they can get up to 10-0 and 0 or something along those lines, then I think you'll really start to see the, the drum beats rolling. But it goes back to what I just said. The, the quarterbacks always get way too much credit. Yeah, absolutely. So here's a question. If uh, the Seahawks improve to 10 wins, putting that out there, is Geno in contention for MVP talk? I don't think so. I think Pete Carroll would be more the the MVP in that case. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if Gino continues to complete 70-odd percent of his passes and put up the stats because he's a quarterback, you almost have to toss him into the conversation. And that would really rile up the anti-Rust people too. So that would be fun. That it certainly would, yeah. And just to kind of look to wrap up here, speaking of quarterbacks that maybe are past their prime, Tom Brady. Is this his last year in the league? Has he gone beyond his capabilities? Is this really showing that he should have stuck to retirement earlier this year? Or do you think he can salvage this season? I think the Bucks can still salvage the season. He's not mm-hmm. playing terribly. And he could play until he's 103. 
<laughs> you never know. If I had to guess, I would say yes, this is his last year, but his family situation might play into that, and he's already mm-hmm. got the big cushy broadcasting gig waiting for him. Yeah. I think if they continue to struggle, that it will definitely be his last year, but I think if they pull it out and make some noise in the playoffs, then he may rekindle his desire to play until he's 103. I'm on the fence with that one. So they are playing the Rams this week. Any particular games that you're looking forward to this weekend? This is one of the most boring weeks I think we've seen so far this year. I'll be watching the Seahawks. They're playing the Cardinals and the Mm -hmm. Dolphins are playing the Bears. But other than that, just the matchups are really lackluster. Maybe watching the Titans and the Chiefs because there's always Mm -hmm. such an interesting clash of styles when those two teams play. But in terms of betting, which is what makes it fun for me sometimes, Mm -hmm. and just even entertainment value, I don't see much on the schedule. How about you? Yeah, I'm about the same way. I'm definitely watching the Hawks game, but they seem to go to Arizona. That stadium has just an aura of really bad luck for the Seahawks. They always seem to come out with injuries. I don't know if it's the turf field there or what it is, but that stadium is just somewhat cursed for the Seahawks. So while I think they could probably hold their own against the team, there's always a little uneasy feeling in terms of injuries going into that game, but definitely keep an eye on that. And then... The only other game that I'm kind of looking forward to is, I think, Bills versus Jets. And that might be an interesting one. And also, I know we've talked about it in previous episodes. My quarterback, Chris Strevler, has now been elevated <laughs> off the practice roster and is now officially a backup quarterback. So I don't know if he'll ever see the field this year, but always keep a little bit of a hope out for that. So that would be fun. One quick question for you hmm. Is Kyler Murray good? No. No, I think speaking of overhyped quarterbacks, I think he rode the Russell Wilson coattails in terms of a promising short quarterback. But I think now the layers are coming off proving that he really isn't as good as people thought he was and also needs to what have discipline so that he doesn't play video games and looks at his assignments and does the homework that his team tells him. So I think he's overhyped. I think he's overpaid. Time will tell, but uh, I'm, I'm saying no. What the, about you? The reason I brought it up is solely because of the quote that I heard about him <laughs> is when he runs, somebody said he looks like a toddler who just stole the remote control and people are chasing him. And I can't unsee it every time I watch the game. So I just wanted to work him in there somehow. <laughs> Thank you. Now you know what I'll be paying attention to on Sunday. <laughs> so thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Aaron. NFL Report with Philip Wolf and Aaron Halluschuk is a Black Press Media podcast. Discover what's happening around our province with todayinbc.com. Sign up today to get the latest news right to your inbox and never miss the news that's important to you and your family. From community news in your neighborhood to what's happening in our province, your source for daily news is todayinbc.com.